Well, good morning and uh, welcome to Beecher Island. It is good. Uh, lots of rain, which is great, uh, especially in February. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. So, uh, man, we'll take it. And um, if you're new with us, welcome to Beecher Island. Beecher Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And uh, that's who we are. And so we appreciate each one of you choosing to walk through those doors this morning to come here and and worship with us, fellowship with us, and get into His Word and study His Word. And uh, we just appreciate each one of you being here and what a blessing it is. This morning I want to take a minute though, well more than a minute, it's because it's a good thing. Um, so last week we had our, we had our annual meeting and, um, and, and uh, I don't know, six months ago, uh, you guys uh, told the leadership to move forward on uh, putting elders into the church. And so I just want to take a minute this morning and, and uh, bring those elders up here because I want you to know who they are. Um, uh, I'm going to read real quick here in, in um, James chapter 5. Uh, starting in verse 13, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. That's just one small part that we are going to call our elders to do. There's much more in God's Word that they are called to do as elders of this church, as the, as the shepherds of this church. And so, um, I want you to know who they are. Because they are the elders of this church. And so, I'm going to invite Jeff, Nathan, and Adam to come on up. Uh, I told them that we need to bring their families, but they said, you know, that's like herding cats. That was from, no, I'm So come on up, guys. And, um, and uh, I would just uh, like to pray with them as a church unit as they are up here. And, and um, um, the leadership uh, and the eldership in which they're going to do is probably going to look a little different than what it's been. Um, uh, and in that, I think it's a good thing. Uh, we are here uh, in maybe a little unknown territory for Beecher Island. But in that, we're in God's Word. And so He's going to lead the way in all this. And I think that it's really, really good. And so um, I feel like we're like on, on guard or something. I'm not really sure. <laughs> no, it's good. Uh, so in that... I. Uh, um, if you don't know, Jeff, Adam, Nathan. There we go. Yeah, strength in numbers. Uh, so please, please, if you um, need anything, you're, you're always welcome to reach out to me. But they are here, you. Uh, and and um, that is uh, what their main call is, is to be a shepherd. And to watch over the spiritual needs of the church. And that's their They're going to take it serious like they already are. Uh, I will tell you, as the whole leadership, we spent months uh, praying. And over the, last, over the last month leading up to this, we met every Wednesday night and prayed. And uh, sought Christ in decision making and leading and prompting. And so... Uh, um, not that the rest of the leadership 
that was part of this wasn't praying. They were right in there praying with us, and it was awesome. Um, there's going to be some other uh, leadership roles as a deacon that are going to come up too uh, once we approve the Constitution. But right now, uh, I would just like to pray with these gentlemen and you as a, as a body of believers that they are going to lead. Um, so I'd just like to take a minute and pray with all of us together and for them. And uh, please keep them in your prayers and their families uh, as they take this journey on. So, Father, we are so grateful uh, for You and Your leading and Your prompting and everything that You do, Father. I just, um, I just am so grateful. Uh, God, we can only do what we do because of You. We, we can only step into to a role of being a shepherd uh, uh, because of You and Your power and Your strength and Your gift and, and Your abilities. Lord, we are in the flesh. We are human and we fall so short of Your glory. But we know that in You, You will equip each one of these men. You will equip them to be able to do exactly what You need them to do. Lord, I thank into this and said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, Your way, not mine. And Lord, I just pray for wisdom for each one of them. I pray for courage for each one of them. And Lord, I know that there will be times that, that uh, the evil comes and tries to overwhelm and knock down. But Lord, I pray that they stand in Your power and armor up in You and lead this church and I pray that in that, Lord, they will, they will keep Your Word and Your truth at the forefront. And it will be about You, not about them, in all of their leading. God, we thank You for each one of these men and their families. Because it's their families too that are stepping into this, Lord. And I just, I just pray for protection on their families. I pray that their eyes are upon You and You alone. God, we thank You for each one of these men and their families, and what they're stepping into. And that's You, Father. And You're prompting, You're leading, and Your leadership. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. If you need their phone numbers, I will send you their contact. That's the deal. <laughs> if you will, though, open your Bibles to James. James chapter 1. So we started in James a couple weeks back, and we talked about holy trials, and those holy trials can come to us from the Lord, Him, him allowing those holy trials to come, and, and we talked through those, that sometimes that's a testing of our faith, and it's, it, it's where we grow in our faith, it's where we, where we seek God when, I, when we realize that, okay, now God, I need you, I can't do this alone. And we, and we come to Him. And we open our hearts to Him. And we, we see His prompting. And, and we work through those holy trials. And then last week, we talked about temptations. And, and those temptations that come to us, but those temptations are not of the Lord. It, it tells us in James that God does not 
tempt. Period. He can't. Because there's no evil in God. He is light and there is no darkness in the light. And so we talked through that and I want to make sure that I'm very clear this morning because maybe last week I wasn't completely clear. We stand with Jesus Christ and we stomp on Satan. In Christ's power, we stomp on Him and take out temptation. That's how we overcome temptation, is in the power of Christ. And we stomp on Satan in his power. Temptation is all around us, and every one of us fall prey to it. It's just part of living in this flesh. We all fall short of the glory of God. But in that, we don't keep on sinning, right? We don't go and just, just live up life on this earth of forgiveness because of grace and mercy no he says hey strive to be like christ and to say no to temptation and not allow those thoughts that we allow to stick around to become a temptation to become a sin get rid of it before it's even a thought is what james is telling us and in that we can be a kind of first fruits of his creature what a statement. And we talked through all of that last week and, and what a blessing. And so now we're in, we're in verse 19 of chapter 1 of James. And I just want you to think about all that we talked about and, and he's leading up to verse 19 here and following. And it says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your soul. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. He observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed with what he does. If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. Whew. Amen, amen. He gives us a lot right there and we're going to try to break some of it down. Starting in verse 19, which, which we all know and we all quote as Christians, but we all fall short of doing. So then, my beloved brethren, he's talking to believers, to brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. All brothers and sisters in Christ. It says, let every man, let every person be swift to hear. Swift to hear. How often as parents do we tell our kids, just stop and listen. Just stop and listen for just a second here. Right? 
I know God tells me all the time, son, stop and listen. <laughs> I hear it. I, I, I'm just running. Right? He says, stop and listen. How often when we're talking to somebody, we're thinking about what we're going to say and we don't even hear what they say. We pretend we're listening. That's why I can't remember names. You come up and introduce yourself and I'm already thinking about what I'm going to say because I'm worried about the silence that's going to fall because I'm supposed to take your name and say it three times and spell it and then tie it to something else, right? If I really did that, you would be staring at me like, you okay? <laughs> right? But we got we to gotta be quick to listen. Quick to open our ears to, to stand there and, and hear. Not only people, but God's Word. Quick to hear God's Word. All you this morning, did you come here ready to listen? Or, or do you got all this stuff going through your mind and what's taking place maybe the rest of today and maybe tomorrow? Really, you haven't heard a single word I've said. You're just sitting in a pew. Sometimes that can happen, can't it? But he says, swift to hear. Mark 4.9. Mark 4.9, Jesus is giving a little teaching here. He's talking about sowing. And at the very end, he says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He gave you two of them for a reason. And it's not for dad to pull on or mom to pull on. It's to hear. It's to listen. Are we, are we really stopping to hear what's going on around us? Are we really stopping to hear the voice of God? Are we really stopping to, to, to hear and listen and comprehend what's going on and what God has for us? Because then he goes on, he says, also slow to speak. Slow to speak. You know, the tongue is an amazing thing that God gave us, isn't it? But for some reason, he only gave us one of them. Compared to two eyes and two ears. One tongue. But that tongue, it can do many things, right? It can, it can give praises and blessings to God. It can, it can sing praises to his name. <clears throat> The tongue can encourage people. The tongue can pour out love. The tongue can do many great things. And, and, and truly, uh, uh, Barnabas was quite an encourager. And we have some of them in our church. We have some Barnabases in our church. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that others aren't encouraging, but, but a true Barnabas is just full of encouragement and, and, and great words and, and just and just their smile can can make you be encouraged. The tongue can do that. But the tongue can also be pretty wicked. It's kind of funny that a church a long time ago made this saying. It was a church. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words will never hurt me. Do you believe that garbage? I don't. You can break a bone and you get it in a cast and you heal up, right? But a word who somebody speaks to you in ill, evil, 
an ill, evil way. And it hangs with you, doesn't it? It cuts you to the bone. And then for how many days or weeks or years do you hang on to those words that were spoken to you in an evil way and you just keep thinking about them and every time you think about them, that old wound goes... Right? Turn over to James 3 with me. James chapter 3. He digs into it a little. He says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. I'm not this morning. We're going to have to get to that. Yeah. It says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. None of us are perfect. No, not one. There's only been one who has been perfect. And I worship him. We all stumble in word. And I do too as a preacher. And I will stumble in it just as I did last week. And it's okay. We'll move on, right? He is a perfect man able to also, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Let also uh, look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles? And the tongue is a fire. A world of inequity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. By where? Hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. He's calling us to be slow to speak. Slow to speak with our tongue because it can cut deep wounds. It can tear people apart. I know I've shared this with you before, but a gentleman that I got to do his funeral for, I got to speak with him before he passed. And he said, man, I love the Lord. But I haven't spent much time in church. He said, I tried to go, actually. I went one day to church and, and, and uh, a guy came up to me and said, man, I'm surprised the walls are still standing. He said, I never went back. 
He said, if that's how they're going to treat me inside of there, I don't need to be there. Think of the effect that that man's tongue had on that guy missing out on the fellowship and study of God's word his whole life. And my guess is that guy thought he was joking. When he told him that, he was, he was in his heart joking. Let me just tell you, never joke with somebody about being inside of a church. Just don't do it. Just love on them and invite them in and say, man, we're glad you're here. So good. I don't care how bad their life's been. I don't care what they've done before they stepped into this church. I don't care what they're still doing as they step into this church. Slow to speak. Slow to speak in a way that is glorifying to God. And man, I'm preaching to myself this morning because with my own family, I'm miserable at this. Because then he goes on and says, slow to wrath. And let me just tell you, if you skip over the first, if you just go straight to, to quick to wrath, you, you, you miss slow, quick to hear and slow to speak. That's my problem, is I forget the first two, and I just pass over the third one because I just, wrath. Proverbs 14. Turn there with me. Proverbs 14. we got a couple of scriptures here. Proverbs 14, verse 29. It says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding. Understanding of how powerful Christ is in your life. And in that understanding, opening your eyes to Him when you want to be about the flesh. But He says, He who is slow to wrath has great understanding, but he who is impulsive exalts folly. Think about that. Over one chapter. Chapter 15, verse 18. Proverbs 15, verse 18. A wrathful man stirs up strife. And I, I'm just going to say a wrathful person. I don't care, man, woman, or child. A wrathful person stirs up strife. But he who is slow to anger allies contention. Go to chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32. It says, He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Amen, amen. Hi. I got to tell you, when my girls were, 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 were little, uh, we, we would take them to this babysitter, and the husband, his name was Bubba, and they raised three girls, and Bubba was just as mellow as could be. 
And I thought, that's how I'm going to be one day. Like he's been so beat down by those three girls that he's just, he just got figured out. Like, I'm going to be that someday. No. <laughs> no. It, it didn't work. <laughs> Jenna's laughing over here. Jenna comes over to the arena and ropes with, with Alyssa, and she gets to see my wrath once in a while. And, and <laughs> on my girls. Oh, it's good, right? But Bubba was just so just even killed, like it did. Nothing got him aroused. He was born that way. I, I, that's what I'm going with, because because I've I, I'm working on raising the three girls, and I'm not any mellower now than I was then. Yeah, because just this week, just this week, of the four women in my family, I had three of them mad at me. And one doesn't even live in my house. And, one, and the other one was looking at me like, Dad, really? Dad, are you really that slow? <laughs> like, the wrath was overtaking me because I was not swift to hear. I was not quick to listen to what my family was saying to me. I, I wasn't slow to speak. No, I was quick to speak and had no hearing going on at all. And I was very quick to wrath. That's not how we want to be in Christ. Because as you go on to verse 20, James 1, it says, The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Man, I want to stand in the righteousness of God. I want to stand in the righteousness of Him and not in my own wrath. How do we get rid of that wrath and stand in the righteousness of God? We do it. We do it by denying the flesh and picking up the cross and following Jesus daily, hourly, (laughs) every moment, right? It's picking up our cross, denying our flesh and following Him. But he goes on, he says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. Lay it aside, right? He tells us to lay down our flesh. Lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your soul. There is a difference in knowing this written word and letting it just be words and living out the living word. The implanted word. We can know this all we want, but if we don't live it and walk in it, it does no good. You might as well read a different book. Are we allowing ourselves to lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness because our flesh is evil. The Word tells us that our flesh is evil. Are we laying that aside and saying, I don't want to be of that. I want to be of you, Jesus. I want to stand in your power and your strength and your wisdom in your compassion, in your grace, in your mercy, in everything that you give 
and lay aside all that other stuff and stand in His Word. Stand in His Word. Psalms 25, 9. Psalms 25, 9 says this. Psalms 25, 9. The humble He guides in justice. And the humble He teaches His way. Amen. When we lay aside our flesh, when we lay aside all of that, we will humble ourselves and allow Him to teach us His ways. That old pride gets in our way. <laughs> and I'll tell you, uh, sometimes I think as a pastor, i got to have it all figured out and walk right and upright and and show the way. And man, if y'all had a camera in my house, you'd say, boy, you shouldn't be preaching. <laughs> but it's because my flesh gets in the way of my walk. And every day I have to wake up and say, I lay you down and Christ, I pick you up and I'm going to walk with you today. And follow Him daily. Isaiah 66.2 The part of it says, But on this one will I look. On Him who is poor and of a contrite, contrite spirit and who trembles My Word. Do we take His Word to heart? Do we allow it to be His living Word that moves us, that changes us, that, that allows us to be molded like the clay that He says we are? Because He's the potter. He's the one who, who directs and guides. And are we allowing to do that because He gives us the choice? We can choose to walk in the flesh and walk in the ways of this world, or we can choose to walk in Him. And He says, I'm right here. I'm right here for you. Because we can confess Christ and be saved, and we can walk our own way. But He says, come to Me. Come to Me. I'll guide you. I'll teach you. I'll lead you in who I am. And are we allowing Him to do that in our life? Are we allowing ourselves to receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your soul? It's not the words that save you. It's Christ that saves you. But are we allowing Him to mold us into who He wants us to be? And it's not easy. We're in a war that won't end until their Christ comes or we die. And that war is with the evil. That, that war is with Satan and his cronies. And those temptations that come our way and in our thoughts and everything else, we all have them. 
But are we allowing ourselves to be humbled to understand in our humility that we are weak? That we cannot, we cannot overcome our battle without Christ and the power of Him. Are we allowing ourselves to be humble and see that it's all Christ? I want to encourage you today, and I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up, but I want to encourage you today that if you've got pride in your life that is not allowing you to lay down your flesh and pick up your cross and follow Jesus, I want to encourage you today to lay it down. I want to encourage you today to say, Lord, take my pride away. Humble me so that I can see it's all you. Because that is the only way that we can get back to being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. It's only in Him that we can overcome temptation. It's only in Him that we can overcome the struggles of this life. It's only in Him that we can be taught His way. And each one of us <laughs> struggle in that in some way. But it doesn't mean that we have to stay there. It doesn't mean that we have to continue in that way. It means we can to Him and say, God, I know this area of my life is a struggle. And I want your help. And I ask you today to lay that at His feet. Pick up your cross and follow Today. If you have not come to Jesus, if you have not given in your life and you're sitting here in this church and saying, I don't know about all this stuff. I don't know. And maybe you've been here a long time as Josh shared today. You can sit in one of these pews and never really accept you. So if today you're sitting in this pew and saying, you know, Jesus, I don't know if you've ever, I've ever really let you into my life. Today's the day to do that the day to say, I need you, Jesus. I repent of my ways and I seek you and I want you to be the Lord of my life and I wholeheartedly believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And I know that God has raised you from the grave and I know that it's in you that I have life. But today, also, if you are struggling with laying something down and just today, right now. Lay it at His feet. Lay it at His feet and say, it's in you that I have power to do this and it's in you that I lay it down and Jesus, I want you to keep, keep it there at your feet and take care of it. Humble yourself in that. Pick up your cross and fall. Father God, I thank you so much that we can put our trust in you that we 
can know, we can know, we can know that it's in you that we have the power to lay our flesh down. It's in you that we have the power to pick up our cross and follow you. But also in that, it is a choice. And we know that you've given us that free choice. And I'm so thankful you have, Lord. Lord, I pray that uh, we all lay our burdens down at your feet. Lord, I pray that you help me be quick to listen. Quick to listen to you. Quick to listen to, to those loved ones around me. Quick to listen when I'm supposed to listen. And slow to speak. And slow to wrath. God, thank you for your awesome living word. And I pray that you implanted in us and our hearts are open to it so that we can walk in you and be changed by you. We can't do it on our, on our own power. It's in you that that takes place and we just thank you. Lord, I thank you and I, I thank you for each person that's here and I, and I pray, Lord, that they walk out of these doors encouraged because of you. Not because of anything, any person here, but because of you and the promise that you give. God, thank you for each person here and I just I thank you that you're pouring out love on each one of them and I pray that they feel it right now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.